It's The Commute Home with Nick and Derek. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make The Commute Home. Hey, this is Derek. Hey, Derek. It's Nick. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm splendid, sir. How are you today? I'm good. So something interesting happened. Uh, I was going through um, one of my uh, social media apps, and I got this interesting factoid, and I'm like, oh, my God, we just talked about this. I got a factoid related to Unbreakable. It's not fake news, is it? It is not. I I actually went and did some more research on it. It is... uh, confirmed, published in medical journals, all that, there is a condition out there that's called a LRP5 mutation. And if you have this mutation, your bones are eight times denser than normal people's bones. So they, they, they found out about this, this uh, mutation because of a guy got hit by a car. Uh, they went through the x-ray him, not a single fracture on his body. So they went through and they started doing bone density scans. They found out that he has this mutation. mutation. It's a genetic mutation, and it seems like it's passed down through uh, families. There's actually a whole family on the East Coast that uh, this mutation shows up in. And uh, one of the older ones lives in Alabama. Uh, since he, he has these thick bones, he needs a hip transplant, and he's failed multiple hip transplants because they cannot drill into his bone to put the replacement artificial hip in. Because they keep breaking bits? Yeah, basically, or or the bits, the, the kind of bits they use just won't go. They didn't give me detail in the article, so I'm speculating. Okay. But uh, very interesting. But you know what the biggest side effect to this mutation is and being so, like so strong-boned? Afraid of water? None of them can swim. They sink. Oh, sh- so that's just like the guy in Unbreakable then, right? It's just like Unbreakable. Holy crap. It, it makes me wonder... It makes me wonder if uh, if Shyamalan knew the story or not. The journals didn't start officially publishing a lot of this stuff until 2001, which was after Unbreakable came out. Uh, but uh, the, the researchers were looking into this, I think, in the early 90s, maybe even sooner. So he may have knew about the research. Maybe. I, I went online looking to see if there's any traces of this and if one knew, knew about the other. They claim that it's completely unrelated, but um, I thought it was very interesting. So, so the story of Unbreakable uh, of Bruce Willis's character—it's kind of a real thing. That is extremely interesting. So, so let me ask you this though: the the hypothesis of this would be if there's somebody like that with, you know, super strong bones, then there has to be the opposite, a la Mr. Glass, right? You know what? In this article, I actually read something uh, that said that now that this LRP5 mutation, what's more common is if this mutation happens the other way, that makes people's bones more brittle. Oh, so maybe maybe that is Mr. Glass. That's extremely interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great factoid, Derek. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just I, we, we had just talked about it, and I just thought it was so interesting. So, yeah, that's that's really great. That's really great. So uh, I have an interesting factoid for you. What's that? Did you know that the commute home is now on YouTube? <laughs> oh, I know that very well. <laughs> very, very well. So just so everyone knows, uh, we have now published a YouTube channel. We're basically taking uh, highlights from the show, quick little, basically one-minute clips, uh, the, the real funny stuff, and turn them into little cartoons with animated versions of me and Nick. And putting them up on YouTube. Wouldn't it be Nick and I? What'd I say? Me and Nick. Nick, I'm good at math, not English. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Continue on, please. There are animated versions of Nick and I, and uh, check it out. I have a link for the YouTube channel on our um, feed for the channel. So you can check that out there. And then also uh, in this episode, I'll put a link in there uh, for there as well. And it's also on our SoundCloud page if you just want to click the link from there. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're taking over the world. Yeah. Five, five continents and growing like Flintstone vitamins. 
which I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite one? The intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I like them all because I'm biased and I uh, have extreme vanity and ego issues. So I'm like, yeah, I can no. listen to myself. All. Yeah, man. No, you? I am the greatest me that can be. <laughs> I'm starting to get that feeling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Purge one is very good. The Purge one, everybody check out The Purge. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite's the, the Death of Littlefoot. Yeah. The, the Jurassic World ones. So, um, but I think they're all good though. Yeah. YouTube, baby. Everybody check it out. So, uh, I will say though to everybody that's listening, if you go to search us on YouTube and you're not using the links, uh, that Derek talked about, uh, search for the Commute Home Podcast. We'll come right on up. You see our, uh, caricatures and, uh, Check out some cool two. And the great thing about the videos is they're only two minutes, three minutes long at most. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of time um, watching a, a a video like that. Derek, are you ready to hear uh, what happened at the box office last weekend? I'm absolutely ready to hear about it. Let's go. All right. Opening in number one with $36 million. Equalizer 2. Factoid about Equalizer 2. Did you know that it is Denzel Washington's first ever sequel? Really? Yes, sir. That's surprising. Interesting. So you saw it, right? I did see it. What'd you think? In our review system, see it when you can. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought uh, I had just seen the, the, the original one a couple nights before, so we went out and saw the second one, and I thought it was decent enough. I liked the original better. This one had more of like a spy feel to it. So you got a lot more into uh, Denzel Washington's character's background and everything like that. Solid movie, uh, but not one that I would say you got to rush out and see it right now. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I expected from that film. But uh, like the first one, I'm really intrigued by it. Uh, That's one I'll definitely uh, see when it comes out on uh, DVD. Yeah, and I mean, anything Denzel, man. I mean, you got to check out Denzel because he's the freaking man. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, a sequel that I will not be watching, Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. Here we go again. Now, you saw Mamma Mia 2, didn't you? I did not, no. <laughs> have you seen Mamma Mia 1? I have not. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with this. I've caught about 10, 15 minutes of the first one on HBO, and in that 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I actually thought, like, just from my 10, 15-minute uh, view of it, I, I, I think someday I would probably watch it. Oh, well, when you watch it, then, you know, maybe we could do a commentary. That'll be our first commentary. I'll, I'll hop in my time machine. I'll, gra- I'll grab the DeLorean, go back in time, and then give it a review. Hot news. There you go. There you go. Hot news. Breaking topic. Five, five, Ten years later, whatever it is. Yeah. Number three at the box office, dropping down to number three, uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, with another $23 million. Number three, Hotel Transylvania 3, making $23 million. Ah, ah, ah. I love the number three. I thought you weren't a mathematician. I, I, I'm good at math. <laughs> I just don't speak good. <laughs> you talk funny. <laughs> <laughs> I got a funny mouth. Okay. Uh, uh, number number four, Ant Man two, up to one hundred sixty five million domestically. Yeah. So I, I think by the end of next weekend that they're going to break uh, what the first movie did. Yeah, it sure seems that way, doesn't it? So you know. Theater goers are no longer swarming to see Ant Man and the Wasp, but I think they're still buzzing about it. Yeah, they're still buzzing because they've been killed in the bug zapper. <laughs> and then rounding out the top five, another sequel. Mm-hmm. So all top five movies are sequels or a, a third movie in a trilogy. Incredibles 2, with another $11 million bringing its domestic total. To a whopping five hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. Yeah, that movie's doing great in the U.S. Good for them. I am the only person in my house that has not seen that movie yet. 
Okay. Your wife seen it? Yeah. Wife and oldest son went and saw the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I stayed at home. Nobody wanted to go with me. (laughs) I wonder how many times this has happened where the top five movies in the box office have all been sequels. That's a great question. One that will be answered on another day. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. But moving on. Honorable mention. uh, Another movie that opened last weekend. Not in the top five, though. Was Unfriended. Dark Web. Which brought in a domestic total of $3.6 million. Yeah. Have you seen the preview for it? Yes. I, I thought the, the preview um, looks really good. I'm Based on the title, I'm like, oh, another one of these. But uh, from watching that preview, I'm like, oh, you know, talking about the dark web and um, that, that, you know, the whole setup on that, that trailer. I thought, I'm like, this looks really interesting. Yeah. It could be. There's so many, there's so many horror movies that come out nowadays. It seems like once or twice a month we're getting like a, mo- a horror movie like this it's like I can't keep up man she can't keep up yeah I, but I, then again my, my wife doesn't watch horror movies so that would kind of throw me out of the loop a lot of times so it's because you need to make it very clear to your wife that they're horror movies not horror movies oh she knows sir she knows <laughs> okay I'm just I'm just putting that I, out there people I, I have made that mistake her. I know I know but I did get her to agree to go see the new Halloween when it comes out. So nice. if I can get her to go see that, that's win for me. Win for me. Yeah, I wonder if because Get Out was such a big uh, hit in the box office and then uh, A Quiet Place this year, I wonder if that's why the studios were like, let's go, let's go, horror, horror, horror. It could be. Plus, I think that like there's always this... This, pe- the, this set of people that like to go to the movies to just be scared. Yeah. You know, anything that comes out, and I mean, I've seen some really crappy horror movies when I was younger, just to see if it would scare me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, same reason people go to haunted houses year in and year out, and and everything like that. So, uh, I think um, I think there's something to that, and you know, uh, people would probably rather go to the movies to be scared than to cry. So, Could that's be. why all the dramas wait till the so the film festival circuit uh, yeah. comes out. But yeah, but Unfriended Dark Web, I mean, opened at $3.6 million. Uh, they're advertising that they did that movie on a, on a, a million-dollar budget. So it looks like they're already profitable. That's great. That is great. And that's another thing about those horror movies. It seems like the budgets are so small on those movies. So, you know, if they make $10 million at the box office, they're like, yes, we can do 10 more movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first purge is still going pretty strong at the box office, number eight, and uh, the projected they made that for thirteen million. It's done sixty million so far. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, they'll be making more more of those movies. I heard they were making a a purge TV show. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's gonna gonna be on cable. I'm wanting to say USA. Could be wrong, but yeah, it's gonna be a purge TV show. It's uh, ten ten episodes, I believe. Okay. So, uh, opening this weekend, Derek. Mm-hmm. Nick. The 36th Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> yes. What, what Are you a fan of the Mission, Mission Impossible franchise? Uh, I saw the first one. I saw the second one. I haven't seen any since then, so uh, I'm 34 behind. Okay. What about you? I've, I think I've seen them all. Um, I think I've only seen one of them, two of them in the theater. Uh, I, my favorite one, I think is number three or four. It's the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, that one I think was, a was my, one of my favorite of the franchise. The rest of the movies, fast paced, uh, big budget action films. They're, they're good at what they are. I, I just haven't found them to be profound. Yeah. The, the hot tomatoes, hot tomatoes, rotten tomatoes, rotten tomatoes, hot tomatoes, <laughs> uh, the stewed tomatoes. Stewed tomatoes, chopped tomatoes, Roma tomatoes. Uh, the premise, the best intentions often come back to haunt you. Mission Impossible Fallout finds Ethan Hunt and his IMF team along with some familiar allies in a race against time after a mission has gone wrong. Doesn't that sound like the premise for all the rest of them? I was going to add, again. 
Again. After the mission has gone wrong, again. Oh, yeah, I think my printer ran out of eek there. Yeah, I think you're right. Again. Uh, so I won't be rushing out to see that. I may see it at some point, but not likely. Did you see the headline about this movie, about uh, uh, Henry Cavill's gift to the uh, crew? Uh, was it a fake mustache? Kind of. Supposedly, every movie that Henry Cavill is in, he gets a, like a commemorative coin made, and then he gives that coin to every member of the cast and crew for that movie. For this movie, his commemorative coin is like an outline of him with a big, bushy mustache, but then the mustache is actually uh-huh. a parachute that Tom Cruise is, is parachuting from. And it's a big joke about, there was a lot of talk on set about the whole shaving the mustache for Superman for doing Justice League. And that's kind of... Holy crap. And so that's kind of the big joke that, behind it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I saw the coin. It's it's funny. Well, you got to laugh at yourself, because if you can't, nobody else will. I'll laugh at you. Or or everybody else will. Maybe that's what it is. That could be. I don't know. Uh, speaking of laughing, mm-hmm. Teen Titans Go! to the movies opens this weekend. Yeah. So, Yay! So, so do you think in this one, uh, Robin's going to go screw Batman? Screw him? Well, you can't say F like him. It's a, a kid's movie. Like with a drill? <laughs> oh, you're talking about the... Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, I hope not. That would be weird because it's rated like PG or something. Have you seen the, the, the trailer for this? No. You got to watch it, man. I'm. It's like Deadpool. It's it's the like they're showing uh, clips from the film and they're breaking the fourth wall in the movie like a Deadpool movie. There, really? There's and there's a Deadpool joke in uh in in the the trailer where uh what's his Deathstrike Deathstroke shows up mm-hmm. and they're comparing him to Deadpool and talking about how one's a ripoff of the other. And the couple scenes I saw, I'm like, oh my god, this is funny. This is like slapstick fourth wall breaking funny. You uh. I wasn't interested in seeing this until I saw that trailer. You should check it out. I have no desire. My kids watch Teen Titans. My wife watches it with them. I can't stand that cartoon. Neither can I. I'm same here. I I do not like, I don't get into Teen Titans Go at all. You should check that trailer out. Because I I do not like the show. The trailer made me go, I think I want to see this movie. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I'll check it out and, and see. Maybe it'll change my mind about those annoying cartoon thing i don't understand it i don't understand it at all i'm like what's the point of this they don't do anything they just sit around like a bunch of freaking i don't know i don't i can't even describe what the hell that show is well, my, just my, annoys my, the piss out of me my fan theory is the original teen titans cartoon i thought was i like that one uh teen titans go i feel like they try to gear that towards a younger a younger age group like the five-year to nine-year-old age group uh, so that's where the show and kind of humor is gauged at. It's too kiddie for me. Mm, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I just, I'm like, they're not even, like, aren't they supposed to be, like, heroes or something? Yeah. But they don't do anything. They don't fight any, whatever. Okay, I'll check out the trailer because Derek said so. I would recommend it, yes. The last thing I have opening this weekend in limited release is a movie called Hot summer nights. Hot. 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 Summer nights. Who? Daniel, 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 Daniel Middleton is a likable, but socially awkward recent high school graduate. He is spending the summer before college visiting his aunt in Cape Cod. This sounds like it's going down the wrong road. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds hot to me. Uh, neither a townie nor a wealthy summer bird dropping in for the season daniel struggles to find his place until he meets hunter strawberry Mm, i like strawberries the local bad boy who peddles marijuana to well-off vacation this sounds hot yeah yeah set in the summer of 1991 Brings back all your favorite 1991 classic R&B songs like SWV's Week and Knockin' the Boots. I haven't heard of either of those. What? I made that up. 
right there at the very end. But you've never heard of Knocking the Boots by H-Town? Who? Oh, my God, Derek. All right. Get rid of the fairy lights. Play some H-Town. Next time you got a woman over, man, it'll work out. Maybe I'll just do both. Maybe you will. Chicks dig fairies. <laughs> that they do. And that's all I have for the box office. Sounds and good. for opening this weekend. Are you ready, Derek? Earlier, you talked about the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Is it all gassed up and ready to go? Throwing the banana pills in? Because we're going back in time. All right. To the 1980s. Parachute pants. Neon colors. Big hair. Big hair. We have no hair now. But big hair then. I know. It's so tragic. So uh, we both came together. Well, we didn't come together. We we wrote down the our lists of top 1980s movies. And I didn't realize, but we each wrote down 34 of these movies. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of movies, Derek. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have your list in front of you? I do. Uh, I got to ask you, how did you come up with your list? Do you really want to know? Yeah. It was very scientific, and I spent more time than I should have. Okay. I literally wrote down about 50 1980s movies. Mm-hmm. And I, di- I didn't want my list to be longer than yours because I didn't want you to have list envy. <laughs> so, you know, you know I, I've got about a foot on you. Maybe I would have let it go to, make, to you know, even things out. <laughs> so, uh, so I cut off 16 movies <laughs> and uh, came down with 34. And then what I did is I took the movies and I said... I had them all on an Excel sheet, and I said, two at a time, do I like this movie better than this movie? And then I would move it over to the right. <laughs> and I kept it. <laughs> so I had a bracket of all these movies, and that's how I came up with my list. Oh, my God. This is awesome. You spent more time on this than I did. I love it for once. I, I spent a lot of time. The 1980s and movies are very important to me in my life. Uh, so, so a little secret, I did not prioritize mine. What? Yep. You got five seconds. Ready, go. <laughs> and I'm done. It's exactly the same as what I had. Okay, we're going to go with that. So, so bef- this is what I think we should... Okay, go ahead. So before. So now a polite so person would ask me, Derek, how did you come up with your list? <laughs> well, if you run into one, let me know. Yeah, good point. What was I thinking? Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with your list? Well, interesting that you ask about that. So, you know... I feel like I was prompted. What? What? Huh? Huh? I don't know what you're talking about. Me neither. Go ahead. So, uh, you know, uh, The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. That's a a comedy, slapstick, dark comedy about a a guy that was raised by broadcast television. Yes. Me, I was kind of raised on VHS tapes. I didn't have the absentee parents, but uh, my, my parents got big into VHS right away. And we had a big collection of VHS tapes right away, and it just grew and grew and grew. We also had cable. We had HBO my, like my entire life, and we had a satellite dish for a while. And we were constantly recording stuff uh, as well on the VHS. So I grew up with this humongous library of VHS movies that I watched over and over and over. And when I put together this list, I tried to... F- just remember which VHSs I think I, I watched the most as a kid. That's a good, that's a good way to do it. So I, I did I re- that for the first, I'd say, three quarters of my list. And after that, I went online and I looked up top 80s movies. And I'm like, oh, yeah, love that one, too. Oh, yeah, love that one, too. Oh, yeah, love that one, too. So there's that idea of, you know, the ones I watched over and over the most versus the ones that maybe had the biggest impact on me over time or the ones I remember the most or the ones I want to see the most. That's why I'm like, there's no way of prioritizing that. Mm. Well, I prioritize the shit out of mine, Derek. <laughs> okay. So what was your criteria then? Uh, movies that I remember. And movies. So the biggest one for me is movies that I loved so much as a kid that I showed my kids. Okay. So, um, so in order to do this list, because we do both have 34 of these, I'd like to do, uh, numbers 21 through 34 
if you could pick a couple that you would say outside of your top 20 but are honorable mention that you just really enjoyed as a kid kid what would those be uh you know the breakfast club uh all the john hughes films really but uh that one really came to mind and uh, that's when I, I remember uh watching over and over and over as a kid uh the never-ending story i just rewatched that a, a month or two ago and i was kind of shocked by that uh when's the last time you saw that it's been a while. Did you cry? No, not at all. Uh, it's it's still a good movie. I was I I think that movie stands up really well. But I was shocked yeah. when, when he goes to the Southern uh, Oracle and he's got to run through those those two statues that uh, that shoot the lightning beams at him or whatever. Uh, yeah, those statues are very well endowed, nude, big breasted women. And I'm like, oh my god, this would not fly in this day and age. I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's by today's standards, it's graphic. Wow. So that probably would have changed the rating of the movie. I know the scene that you're talking about and now it's bad because I feel like I'm going to have to go watch that movie just to fast forward to that scene. Like Derek is right. They're very well endowed. Yeah. I, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, Whoa, that was Oops. like that as a kid. Oh my God. Now you wish you would have watched it more as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, even back then, I, I probably rewatched it, and I don't remember it. I kind of remember it, but like, I I think what threw me off is just uh, the modesty that we have uh, today. That I just know today that would not come out in a movie that's geared towards that age group. No, you'd have to go to Facebook to see that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh uh, yeah, never any stories. A very good one. Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, just, nice. just a classic, you know, my, my dad, he used to have his, uh, his boat up in, uh, Winthrop Harbor and he used to drive back and forth past the, the motel that they stayed in that movie, the, the whole, uh, those aren't pillows scenes. And really, yeah. And so you could stay at that hotel in that room. And he, when he once checked to see if, if he could do it, the waiting list for that room was like years long. It was like a tourist attraction for that hotel or that motel. Wow, that is interesting. Um, yeah, we can go on and on and on. Racing Arizona, that's one I rewatched recently. And it's funny, these, these movies that we watch as kids that we don't really understand them. And, but, oh, absolutely but, not. But we enjoy them. And now that I'm older, I watch the movie. And, and now that I'm older, I still don't understand it. But now I know that I don't understand it. Before, I thought I did. <laughs> Yeah, I actually watched Raising Arizona with my kids last summer. <laughs> What'd they think of it? I don't think they understood it. Well, good, good. They're <laughs> not smarter than us. That's good. I, I have a couple of honorable mentions for you. Okay. Dr Dreamscape. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. I still own it. Dreamscape was an awesome movie. That was Dennis Quaid and... You know, he went into the kid's dreams to fight the, like, snake monster. The snake monster scared the heck out of me as a kid. I've rewatched it. Me too, it. man. That thing was creepy as hell. I've rewatched that movie in the last two years. I'm like, why was I scared of this? I, As an adult, not scary at all. No, it did not age well. No, it didn't. Did not age I well. I like the story still, uh, but, uh, yeah. The next one I have is The Gate. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? That's, where the, the portal to hell was in the backyard? Yes, I do. Uh wasn't a favorite of mine, but you know, I probably only watched it three to five times as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd say the last one that I have uh is uh outside the top twenty there is Adventures in Babysitting. Yes. Thought that thought that was a great movie. Uh good family, wholesome movie there. Could have went with another horror flick, but yeah, go with uh adventures and babysitting so do me a favor Derek. can you uh can you list number 11 through 20 going backwards on your sheet even though we know that they're not in any particular order all right uh indiana jones and the temple of doom big trouble in little china lethal weapon coming to america uh, dragon slayer war games little shop of horrors Time Bandits, and I kind of put Ice Pirates in there because for me, they're the same thing. I don't know why. Uh, the Karate Kid, Commando, and Labyrinth. Mm, those are some good ones. Uh, we actually sat down with our kids and watched Labyrinth the night that David Bowie died. Um, man, those fantasy movies that came out in the 80s, 
you talked about Neverending Story and and Labyrinth and a, a lot of movies like that were very very well done back in that time. Um, they really it's it seems like today that they're whenever they try to do movies like like that uh, in that genre it seems like they always try to push the envelope too far too many times and go go big budget but not big enough budget and I I I think that's why we don't see good movies like this anymore. Well, and I also think they try and make them too long. You know, one of the things that was great about when we were kids is like a lot of these movies were like 90 minutes long. Yeah. They weren't they weren't extremely long, so kids would sit there and watch them. Nowadays they make a fantasy movie and it's, you know, 3 hours long and 90% of it is people walking around. Okay. At the same time, too, in, in a lot of remakes, I think they completely ruin the feel, the feel of films. Uh, I'm thinking of Clash of the Titans right now, uh, another one of my all-time favorites. Uh, that one, that original story was an epic, and it felt epic watching it. And then they, when they redid it, they made it an action film, and they kind of lost yeah. that epic feel altogether. Yep. They just they just went straight, straight action and kind of left everything else out. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that you mentioned that I wanted to point out was Commando. Yeah. That was young Alyssa Milano, right? Yes. They, 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 to, to this day, her name is, her, her nickname is Conan because of that movie. That's great. That was such a great movie, man. Uh, that was in the heyday of Arnold, right? Height of popularity for him back then. You know, if aliens came down to spaceship and they, they said, explain to me 80s action films, that is the movie I would watch. Because it's just so over-the-top, awesome 80s action. It's one guy versus an army. Completely realistic. Would totally happen. One man definitely would take down an entire army on, a, on an island. I would pick a different movie, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, because it's in my top ten. So, do you know who wrote Commando? Somebody with no underwear on. Why would you say that? Because he went Commando. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? Uh, Jeff Loeb wrote that, uh, the legendary comic book writer, and he's also the producer for the Netflix Marvel TV shows. Really? Yeah. He, he came Derek over. Derek is just full of information today. Yeah, he came over. He did Commando. He did Teen Wolf 1 and 2 uh, and a couple other 80s films, but uh, his claim to fame is comics in the, in, uh, th throughout the year. He's written everyone comics-wise. That is amazing. I didn't even know he did Teen Wolf. Yeah. And I can't believe that that's not in my top 34. Oh, well. Hmm. Sorry, Teen Wolf. That's what I'm saying. Trying to prioritize uh, these is impossible. It's pretty close. So I'm going to give you my 11 through 20. Number 20, Harry and the Hendersons. Awesome. Number, number 19, E.T. 18, Vice Versa. Number 17, Big. 16, Beetlejuice, 15, Beverly Hills Cop, 14, Back to the Future, 13, The Lost Boys, which I actually just watched with my daughter last weekend, uh, The Karate Kid at number 12, and number 11, The Karate Kid Part 2, because I like the sequel more. Mm -hmm. So now, Harry and the Hendersons, do you know that I've got Harry in my backyard? Yes. Okay. Your mom got you Harry, didn't she? She did. Yeah, we, we were at the uh, Fall Diddley, and we saw the statues there, and she had to get get me one. Yeah, that's a cool statue, man. Yeah, just like him. I, I, I that movie was awesome. Oh. I love that. I watched that movie with my kids too. Yeah. Y um, yet again, the effects were just right for me. I'm I, I'm like, yep, that's a Bigfoot. That's what they look like. Looks totally real. Yep, to me. exactly. Yeah. And is, isn't it weird, though, that nowadays, that was like 30 years ago, but when you watch the beef jerky commercials, the the Bigfoot looks just like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? A little gnarlier, Except, but yeah, that same idea. Yeah, yeah, a little bit gnarlier, but same exact idea. Uh, do you believe in Bigfoot? Do I believe in Bigfoot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shaq has like a size 24. <laughs> Good point. Do you mean Sasquatch? Sure. So I believe in Sasquatch. Why not, man? I, you know what? This is my opinion on a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of the world out there that I will never see, that a lot of people will never see. So, sure, why not? Could be. Could be the missing link. It could be somebody who was 
you know, Neanderthal or something like that that didn't evolve as quick? Who knows? Who am I to say? What about you? Uh, the stat that I go, go by is that as digital cameras and cell phones with cameras built, built into them uh, have proliferated, the amount of Bigfoot sightings has gone down. So now it's easier to snap off a picture of Bigfoot, yet less people are saying that they see him. Hmm. Well, fair enough. Maybe he's hiding now. He's camera shy. Maybe. Did you ever listen to uh, Man Cow uh, when you, when, uh, growing up? Did they did they have him in Indy? I don't believe they did. Okay. If they did, I didn't know about. It. They, they used to prank call. They used to do a, a skit where they were, they would prank call a guy who was supposed to be a Bigfoot guy uh, that he communicates with Bigfoot, and uh, Bigfoot's actually like a seventh dimensional being, and he can come in and out of existence whenever he wants. And you know, like once a month, they would do this skit where they call like like call this guy up and prank him. Interesting. It was funny. Maybe Bigfoot is a seventh dimensional being. Yeah, I mean, I've never been to the seventh dimension. You know, they, they would get into that and get into that, and then they'd always end, end the conversation with like, "Well, you have sex with them, right?" And then the guy in the line would be like, "What do you? Is it you again? You kids? Why do you guys always do this to me?" <laughs> That's hilarious. It was funny. So, uh, so your number number six through ten, Derek. Uh, I want you to give me uh, what they are and a reason why you enjoyed them so much as a child or still to this day. All right. Uh, so number 10, uh, I already said this was labyrinth. I'm, I'm going to go through them and then I'll, I'll give you my best answers. Uh, so okay, 10 perfect. was labyrinth. Nine was Beverly Hills cop. Eight was lost boys. Seven was Beetlejuice and six was the last Starfighter. Oh God. It's last Starfighter. I could watch that movie over and over and over forever. I'll tell you a story about last Starfighter. So I have that movie on digital and a couple years ago, when your parents uh, and and my family, when we went to Myrtle Beach, uh, we sat there and watched The Last Starfighter. And your dad just went on and on about how much you loved that movie as a child. I was Grig one year for Halloween. That's what he said. Yeah. That's awesome. My, my, my mom went to Vegas for a vacation, a little short vacation, and, and she came home with the Grig uh, mask, and it looked just like Grig from the movie. And she actually sewed me together the whole white jumpsuit. Your mom cares, dude. Your mom's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I remember that, uh, that costume very well. I might still have the mask, actually. I thought you were going to say, I just tried on the costume last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, maybe your youngest would fit into it now. Who knows? <laughs> that's funny. Um, what, uh, so you had in there something that I had a little bit lower in the Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hit on it that I, I watched that movie with my daughter uh, it's, I think it's been like two weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things I never realized how short that movie is. And then, you know, again, going back the eighties movies, you know, they, they just seem like they were perfectly timed in regards to the length of the movie. And like that movie to me still holds up, man. Cause it's like, there's not a lot of special effects or like, uh, there's no CGI or anything like that in the movie. Like it's all makeup. And makeup is something to me that's almost like it's timeless. And the story isn't like looking back on it now, it's not really that edgy. But I mean, back then it brought, it was and I, it still holds up to me. It's just such a great movie. I haven't seen it recently, but I'm guessing what it might be is the fact that they brought in so many characters and they gave some of these characters personalities and they, and they took the chance to explore these different characters and personalities over the course of this pretty short storyline. Yeah. They fit a lot in those 93 minutes that that movie was. Mm -hmm. And it's the only movie to ever, ever make the saxophone look like a cool rocking instrument. <laughs> ever. Ever. Ah, uh, that's great. Uh, any of those other that you want to touch on really quick, the six through ten that you have there? Hard for me to quantify. Like I said, these are all movies I watched over and over and over. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, I think, sticks out the most. Um, I just loved that movie as a kid. Yeah, I, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, those were my jams. Mm -hmm. I, I, I put Beverly Hills Cop at 15, but I could easily have Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 
I, those are movies that I would watch over and over again still to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that was uh, some of Eddie Murphy's best work. And, you know, you got Judge Reinhold in there and everything as well. It's really great movies, man. And we had no business watching those. You know what I mean? Like that one part they go into the strip club and, and he's like, this is Gerald, President Gerald Ford and everything like that. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we had no business watching them, but they were great movies, man. Great. Great movies. Mm. I don't know. My, my my parents never censored what I watched, so I don't know. Mine did. Mine didn't either. Yeah, she wasn't there a lot, so. <laughs> but we were very much, you know, we recorded a lot of things on VHS. You know, back then you could put three movies on a single uh, videotape, and, and you know, watch those things until they freaking fell apart in the VCR. Mm-hmm. Uh, my six through ten. Number 10, I've got Spaceballs. Number 9, The Great Outdoors, which I had the privilege of actually seeing The Great Outdoors cabin when I was out in California. It still sits on the Universal Studios lot. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Number 8, a movie that uh, not a lot of people that I talk to have ever even heard of, but I love the movie. I actually bought the DVD on Amazon couple years ago to show my kids and that's the heavenly kid good movie really good movie yeah the the kid i think it's jason garrett who was in iron eagle which is another great 80s movie not on our list but uh Ooh, good call he played the he played the kid in that yeah iron eagle with louis gossett jr but yeah he played the kid in uh heavenly kid and I, that movie is just so great the embodiment of the 80s movie right there Number seven I have is uh, Masters of the Universe. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have Masters of the Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Was that 80s or Uh, was that early 90s? No, that was 80s. I think 88, 87, 88. Okay. Maybe early 90s. I'm making it up now. Please be 87 or 88 so I can sound really smart. And actually, number seven for me was Space Camp. 87. With a 87. Boom! From way downtown. Bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, number seven for me was Space Camp with a very young uh, Joaquin Phoenix in that movie. It's actually, he's credited as Leaf Phoenix in that movie, believe it or not. Who does Joaquin Phoenix play in that movie? He is the little the little boy. That becomes friends with, with, with the robot? Yeah, that com- becomes friends with Jinx. No way. Yes, sir. Oh God, I haven't I haven't rewatched that movie in a while. That's uh, I had no idea about that. Yeah, that I got that from the library to watch that with the kids. So, and then number six is a movie I borrowed from you actually uh, a couple years ago, and that was Willow. Mm-hmm. Willow is awesome. Another one of those fantasy '80s fantasy movies uh, that was just just great, great movie. Val Kilmer in that movie, Mad Mardigan. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are my six through 10. Now I'm going to need you when we go through your top five, you got to give me something for each one of them. And, uh, I know that you said it's hard to quantify some of these, but, uh, give me something that you really enjoyed about your top five movies. All right. What's hard for me is that my my list, I try to take from the point of view as me in the eighties watching these movies of what my list would have been back then. So you're trying to get me, try to get me to get into my, you know, single digit age mind. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, probably one that you and I should have never ever watched as kids. I just, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I just, I, I could watch the movie over and over and over and laugh. Yeah, the, the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds! Yeah, oh, just, I need to rewatch that movie as an adult, because I don't think I have. Um, I need to watch that with my kids. I haven't watched that one. Yeah. Maybe the older kids, not the younger one. <laughs> Uh, Highlander, uh, my, my entire number four is Highlander. My whole family went nuts, nuts over that movie. Um, yeah, we just, I, that's one I've watched over and over and over. I've rebought the different extended director's cuts over the years and the, the lost cuts and all this type of, I think I've rebought that movie four or five times. I think that's the movie I've rebought the most, even more than Star Wars, the original trilogy. Can I tell you a secret about Highlander? Hmm. I've never watched that movie. No, really? Never seen it. Hmm. My my sister is named after a character in that movie. I heard that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your your parents were talking about that movie. Mm-hmm. 
when you're talking about like the fantasy movies and all that, that's a movie that uh, I think will blow you away even to this day. It's 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 original. It's very smart. Excellent. Um, and that was a movie that it also had a bunch of sequels. And I would say that basically every single sequel that based off that movie stunk. Uh, but I oh, do really? like the TV show. Okay. Okay. How long was the TV show on the air? Uh, three, four seasons, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. TV show came out maybe a decade after the movie came out, and it was based on the life of the cousin of the main character. And it was it, it was it was supposed to be set in in uh, Seattle, but they actually filmed it in Vancouver because uh, because uh, Vancouver looks like Seattle. So there's all this cheese, you know, based around this the cousin faking what city they're in, all this stuff. But uh, I've watched that I watched that show front to end uh, at least once, maybe twice. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Uh, what did you have for number three? Beastmaster. Another another sci-fi fantasy film that was not popular. Yeah, that one was not very popular, but a very solid film, though. Yeah, I thought, and it makes me makes me think. I didn't put Sword and the Sorcerer on this list, and I really should have because I love that movie as a kid. Mm. I saw that one recently. Does not stand up. No, cheesy. And as an adult, uh, seeing it very cheesy. But I mean, Beastmaster. I mean, the guy talks to animals and fights with the sword. What else could you could you ask for? Back then, nothing. That's all you needed. Exactly. That's what He Man should have been. Yes. In a lot, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Or Masters of the Universe. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have been Masters of the Universe. Should have just been He Man. It should have just been He Man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No Gildor or whatever that guy's name was <laughs> eating the ch- eating the chicken with his little weird cosmic thing drooling all, all over the chicken. I remember that. Like how? Yeah. I remember that very well as a kid. I don't know why. I st- to be honest with you, that's a, that movie's probably a guilty pleasure of mine. I, wa- I watched that with my kids a few years ago. <laughs> I rewatched it recently. I'm like, yeah, not a great movie. It's still uh, no. It's the best we got, though. It's the best we got. That's right. That's right. What about number two? Uh, let's see, number two, we got Gremlins. Ah, uh, yes. Just uh, you know, it was it was a horror movie that wasn't scary as it you know that was tolerable as a kid. Uh, just that sweet, that cute, cuddly little mogwai. You know, I would love to have, have owned one. Um, it's funny. It's got uh, you know a little bit of horror. I just yeah, I was totally into it. You know, I uh, when that a uh, couple years after that movie came out, my mom uh, got me a used stuffed gizmo. Okay. And it was from it was from when the movie came out, mm-hmm. and uh, that gizmo is still. In my house, up in my daughter's closet. Oh, really? Day. Yep. I, I had one as well. You could shake it and it would squeak. It was really weird. But uh, hmm. his hair's all matted and everything else. But uh, Gizmo's still kicking it. Not bad. That's a great, great, great one. Great, great pick there. And then my number one uh, was Short Circuit. And again, just a hilarious movie. Like, I could watch that thing over and over and over. Yeah, Short Circuit was great with Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy, and um, and now that you mentioned Gutenberg, Gutenberg, I can't believe that um, Police Academy isn't on this list. Oh yeah, see, you can never name them all, man. No, you can never name them all. Nope. G- Gutenberg had a good run for it. Yeah, you he know, did. There in the eighties. So um, I don't, I don't know if it's still true, but I know up until the late nineties, he was still living with his mom. Really? Yeah. And I saw my talk shows. They make fun of him for it. He's just like, "Well, why? You know, we we we're fine together. You know, I have you know my part of the house. She has her part of the house. Her house. It's it's great. Why would I move out? Like that's his mom's house, or like did they buy he buy her house? Or uh, I, don't I would know. hope that'd be the case. I, who knows? I would think I you know he could afford it. So yeah, I mean that's what I would think as well. So but yeah, he loved his mom and liked having her around. Yeah, his mom. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> Johnny Five was awesome. Oh God, yes. So that's one. I, I would think you know they only did two movies. I think nowadays they would just they would have kept going. Oh, absolutely. That second one wasn't very good, though. I loved the second one as a kid. Did you really? Yeah, I did. 
It, I was like, where's Steve Gutenberg? Yeah, that, that was a letdown. But then bringing up, um, I don't even, I, I didn't remember the character's name, but bringing him in as a lead, I, I, he was funny. Yeah, he was funny. He, he kind of, he saved that movie. All right. So what about your list? So number five, to me, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Movie that every year I watch <laughs> at least five times is A Christmas Story, which was released in 1983, believe it or not. Number four, to me, if aliens came down and asked about 80s action, I would tell them, yippee Kaye, motherfucker, and show them Die Hard. Because to, to this day, that is still probably my favorite action movie of all time. It is great. Absolutely is great. The, the one-liners, the everything, come here to the coach, we'll get together, we'll have a few laughs. So great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so excited to hear they announced at San Diego Comic-Con, Die Hard Funko Pops. Okay. And one, one of them is the guy in the chair with the shirt that says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. ho. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, number three for me, number two and number three were very, uh, close together in regards to this because I literally rented both of these movies from the video store more times than I could count, mm-hmm. uh, until I was able to record them and then I watched them ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I put Little Monsters. Love that movie. Yes. I, I got that movie on digital now. I watched it with my kids and my kids love that movie. Freaking Howie Mandel is as Maurice, uh, Fred Savage. That just I love that movie. Uh, for for probably months, I kept thinking there was going to be a monster come under my bed from under my bed, and I was hoping. And I was like, Yeah, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to I'll, I'll be boy in the monster world. I'll take over. We're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. It did. It never happened. Yeah, that's though. too bad. Um, number two. Uh, a movie that was probably ultimately come down as a Nintendo ad for 90 minutes, but I love the movie. My aunt that I recently went and saw in uh, California, actually, before she moved to California, took me to see this movie at the theater, and that's uh, The Wizard. Yeah. Yeah, I love The Wizard. Again, another movie that I've watched with my kids numerous times, and it's one of the coolest things about these movies is there's rarely one that pops up that you're like, I can't watch that with my kids. Um, they were just all great. And, and the great thing is, is like my kids appreciate the movies of the eighties. And, uh, the wizard is just another example of a, of a great movie. So the wizard, uh, I met and I, I've worked with the kid that the wizard is, is loosely based on. Really? Yeah. How's okay. You got to tell this story. The Nintendo world power championships. Uh, when they did, did the championships, there was three age groups. Uh, he won the youngest age group, and then after the the age groups happened, then they um, then the, the winners for the three age groups uh, faced each other, and he won the overall. Uh, and then all the winners for that actually got a golden Nintendo cartridge, which today is worth thousands of dollars. Um, and then so the Japanese uh, also had their championships uh, in, in Japan. And um, his numbers were better better than the Japanese winners' numbers, so they flew him out to Japan to face him, uh, thinking that that he would lose, and he won over in Japan as well. Wow! But last time I talked to him, I, I, he's telling me the story. I'm like, this guy's making this up. I've never heard of any of this. So, and there was a business trip. He was working for a company that I was uh, consulting with. Uh, we were out in uh, Utah, so I go home and I start googling all this information. Not much about the Nintendo Power Championships or these gold cartridges or anything is published online. You cannot find very much information at all. But what I, everything I did find, could corroborate what he told me. That's amazing. Look yeah. at you, man! You dropping knowledge today, Derek. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I had no, I had no idea, man. That that's really cool. That is really cool because I love that movie. And I was like, I'm not that good at video games to ever do something like that, but. You know, I love the story of the movie and everything like that. Like the the brother just wanted to help his little brother out and everything. And then you find out it's the sister and then the video game championships kind of take a, a backseat, but it brings everybody together. So, uh, yeah, 
but I love the the wizard. That's a great story, though, Derek. Yeah, I was yeah, he, he I was shocked, and he told me the story. Didn't believe it. Researched it. I'm like, he's telling the truth, and uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. So is kind of sort of. I mean, the championships themselves are based on a kid. So, um, to your knowledge, did he still have the the cartridge? Oh yeah, yeah, he was telling me about it. Nice, good, good. That's one of those things that you would hope that somebody would never get rid of or have to get rid of or anything like that. So that's really cool. What he told me actually was he, I, he thinks he's the only champion that still has his. He thinks the, the other ones had all got end up getting sold because the guys had money problems. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a shame when you see something like that happen. People having to sell like Heisman trophies or championship rings or something like that because they uh, they run into financial issues. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear he still has it, though. So, my number one movie, probably, probably maybe my second, third favorite movie of all time, 1989, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Batman. Very nice. Don't let me forget Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that movie right there fell in love with the Batman character uh, because of this movie. Just, I man, I absolutely uh, adored that movie. And it's still my go-to Batman movie to watch more than any other Batman movie. Very nice. It did not show up on my list. And do you want to know why? Why? There's a couple of movies that, that, are, that are on your list that are not on mine. And the reason why I figured out that they're not on my list is that movie came out in 1989. And for okay. some reason, like the, all the movies that came out from 89 on, for me, I associate in a different category. For me, the, those aren't the, kid, the movies I grew up with. And that's, and that's why they didn't make it on there for me. Ah, uh, okay. That's fair enough. Well, it came out when I was nine. So, mm, do what yeah. I want. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it just mentally, it just I, I when I remember seeing that movie, I, I feel like I was, I was older. I remember myself myself being older as seeing that movie, and I know it's only a year different, but for, for some reason, it just it seems different to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, childhood is a crazy thing, man. Like years, you know, the difference between nine years old and ten years old, and things that you watched and saw and did, just like the difference between, you know. But what, when you go from grade school to middle school and how life changes and the things that you watched and shows that you enjoyed and everything like that, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really different. So, uh, I think it's a good pull on your part to put, put Batman as number one. That's the first movie I remember, uh, kids going to see multiple times in our generation where they go to the theater and see it two or three times. I don't remember any other movies before that, uh, when we were alive, where people were doing that. Uh, such a game changer. It, it was so good. And, uh, you know, kind of getting that this the first crazy dark Joker and the first dark, dark night. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was just, I just love that damn movie. I had heard that at the all, like, basically all the cast members of the um, Batman TV show hated the movie. You know, Adam West and company. Why is that? Uh, just they hate, they hated the Dark Knight and the whole the whole black seriousness of them. They hated uh, the Joker, uh, everything. Wow, wow! Shame on them. <laughs> but with that said, Derek, we will uh, go back to 1980. I know where did he go? No, back to the future, which is or back to the present. Yes. So uh, again, thank you, Derek. We're go- we're going back to the day after yesterday. Yes. The day after yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Very good. To all our listeners, thanks for listening. Don't forget YouTube, the Commute Home Podcast, or drop us a line at the Commute Home at something.com. Gmail. Gmail. Anyway, Derek's going to play the outro thing, and it's on there anyway. (laughs) Yes, I am. Thank you for being redundant. All right. Thanks, Derek. Have a great day, sir. You too, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. 
We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.